All right, we're up, mate. Clemmy, how are you, mate? Welcome Great. back. Good to see you. And gee, a lot of water under the bridge since we spoke last. You're doing well. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm doing great, mate. And um, listen, it's always good to see you, and I'm, I'm glad we're catching up again. But uh, it's obviously under these circumstances that is not uh, ideal. You know, you're you're dealing with some some stuff right now, and I think it's been kind of put out into the public just recently. But you and I have had knowledge of uh, you know some of the things that you've been dealing with for a while, but kind of um first of all why why did you decide to come out and speak about it publicly yeah so just yeah for those listeners that haven't sort of caught up on it i've um i was diagnosed with a a, a autoimmune disorder called cidp um which is a which stands for chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy mm, <laughs> which basically wow. means that your body is kind of uh, eating itself but in my more my, my tissue, but in my case, it's actually attacking the nerve lining. So, um, and it generally starts at your perimeter, like your, your hands and, and feet, and it's affected my feet to start with, and it kind of moves up your body. Um, so yeah, I've lost a fair bit of function and mobility and, um, and just, yeah, overall kind of, um, fatigue and it's, it's sort of, you know, it affected me greatly. Like, um, you know, and just basic things like just getting around pool deck and um, moving around just from, you know, I have to re really like plan everything that I do from where I park the car to, you know, even <laughs> what gate I get off at at the airport or things like that. So it's, um, it's, it's been a pretty tricky time to, to try and shift my identity and try and shift my sort of focus and you know, try and make something positive out of it, but it's definitely a, a really sort of tricky, uh, tricky time for not just myself, but everyone around me from family and friends and my loved ones. So um, we've all had to adapt. So yeah, it's, uh, so in that time since, you know, since we last spoke and, um, you know, things even last year, I was in kind of a, a rem kind of remission stage. Um, but when we first kind of um discovered it when i was with you in 2019 doing the clinics and um i was starting to feel a lot of fatigue i was losing muscle mass in my legs and um so it was started to sort of slowly creep into my everyday life but it um it took a real big turn in that year actually within 12 months i was um i had a big foot drop which is where you you can't really control your. I mean, swimmers actually generally have pretty good flanter and dorsiflexion, but mm. mine's just really floppy, and I, I don't really control my foot. So um, yeah, I've started having to wear um, a special sort of braces. It's called AFOs to keep my my toes up, so I don't trip up over myself. And I'm using a walking stick or, or crutches. But um, yeah, so it's been a pretty pretty challenging period. But the reason I decided to um, to come out with it publicly, it's probably two or three reasons, to be honest. One is that I was being asked a lot of questions, what's wrong? Mm. And, you know, most of the time I could get away with saying, oh, it's my back or it's still my ankle or, but it got to a stage where people could visibly see that there was something wrong with my legs. They mm. sort of faded away to a pretty, you know, <laughs> I was I had generally fairly big calves for a swimmer and they kind of disappeared, which was a bit of a shame. And then, um, yes, and also I started, you know, COVID was a good excuse for me not having to, you know, turn up to things or there was a great excuse and, um, and now COVID is over, I've started saying no to a lot of requests and, um, and I, you know, it's not me, you know, I prefer to 
be honest with people, especially when it comes to my health. And then um, lastly, I, I think it's, you know, it's a disease that is relatively unknown and it's uh, one that doesn't have a great deal of, I guess, support and awareness. So um, I just thought that if hopefully someone with my profile can, you know, raise the awareness of the disorder, we can, you know, get closer to maybe finding new treatments and mm. maybe... Um, yeah, just, I guess, be more progressive into the research. So, yeah, so, um, and then, yeah, there is, it's interesting that when you come out with something like this, that the amount of people that flooded my, my messages and my DMs and just in, in regards to sharing their story that they've gone through something similar and how it's affected them and some, and it's the, you know, the, the treatment methods are so diverse and it's very individual, but, you know, maybe within those few hundred messages that I got, there might be something that might work for me as well. So mm. I'm really, um, you know, really kind of um, first really honored that so many people sort of contacted me, but also, you know, we can start the conversation and start sharing some, some ideas. Yeah. Man, I've had people reach out to me. I, I had Amy Van Dyke and the other day reach out to me and, and ask how you were doing. I said, look, I, I, I don't know exactly. I know he's struggling, but here's his number and he would love to hear from you. And um, so I've had, I've had a bunch of people reach out to me too. But just as you were talking there, there was tons to unpack as well. You know, like I guess I take myself back to when I was swimming with you and I always saw you as superhuman, you know, like this guy that could do incredible things that was indestructible, that would turn up to practice every day and do things that I'd never seen any other human do in my life. Like could push your body beyond any limits. Mm. And then, you know, you get to competition and no one could touch you. you like you're un this unbeatable force. And so like, I always saw you as this Superman, you know? So like, that's my, that's my original image of you. And I guess that's, that's where probably a lot of family and friends are having struggles with this as well of, of kind of realizing that you're not superhuman, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, look, definitely. And I probably half the time believed it too. And we had mm. to believe it, you know? So, mm. um, and even when things started to, I've, and I've carried a lot of injuries from, I'm not sure if necessarily from swimming, but, my body started to to fail me on a number of sort of fronts with my eyes and my back and i've had mm. a lot of, sort of arthritis so um you know yeah you you're, you're spot on i i tried to attack every training session i've tried to get up on the blocks every time as if i was swimming at the olympics or swimming to break a world record so I had a pretty simple mindset <laughs> kind of uh, i didn't mm. really take too many things sort of um easily but um yeah, and that's sort of my, even my kids sort of initially, we, we had to find the right time to share this news with them because suddenly I wasn't able to shoot hoops with Rocco. Mm. I wasn't able to surf with Stella. Um, you know, mm. unfortunately, there's a lot of sort of family things that like even if going skiing or whatever, I can't sort of uh, be part of that at the moment. So, you know, almost and they've always regarded me, all their friends at school regard me, like you said, like a bit of a superhero figure because of my mm. stats things like that so it, it became a yeah it's sort of and my this whole mindset within myself it took me a long time to get on top of and I'm still working through it mate to be honest because you know I, from a waist up I'm still relatively fit and you know still managed to to swim a bit but um, as soon as you see me walking it's a completely different story so yeah that's been the biggest challenge Brett to be honest and you know I 
like you said, I've had so much support, especially from the swimming community, uh, the likes of mm. you know Daniel Kowalski, who let me stay at his place in in Sydney for months on end, and Ian Thorpe, who's you know has been great mm. with it mental health aspect of things and yourself and you know gary hall and um you know matter boot who just said Here, here's my car drive it as long as you need you know mm. so it's amazing that this community that that has helped me with it in my sport but now we sort of you know at times are tough they've all kind of come together which has been um you know it's been amazing so uh yeah i'm very grateful to have those friends in my life <clears throat> yeah for sure, there, it's awesome to have the the community of people that you can lean on. I think that's what swimming is. You know, it's a small community of people that really care about each other, and that that's what I, you know, people always say to me, "Oh, how how many numbers do you get? You know, how many, how many people are watching your podcast?" I'm like, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. What I'm concerned about is like, what's that one person that's going to listen to this that's going to have an effect on their swimming career? You know, like that. That's what yeah. concerns me, and so that's what I want from this podcast is like the community of people to, to, to kind of wrap their arms around you in this sense of like, and, and it's, um, it's strange cause you and I were doing a, a clinic together back in 2019 and we were rooming together, you know, it felt like, it felt like old times again, you know, we're back, we're back on the circuit. We're back on, you know, going to the world champs or Olympics and we're back rooming yeah. together. But, but here you are, um, you know, you were kind of massaging your feet at the time and there was some, there was some early signs of some things going on and I didn't pay close attention to it at the time. I was just like, Oh, you know, Michael's dealing with something small, but, but it yeah. obviously progressed from yeah. that. But like the, those first signs, when those first, you know, when you first started to feel this coming on, what was that, those first signals for you? You know, I was rehabbing my left ankle because I had a really bad left ankle. As you remember, I've broken it a couple of times and I've had some, operation so i've developed some really bad arthritis in my left ankle and even in in that time during the clinic it was quite swollen so mm. i started sort of you know doing some soft tissue stuff on that left ankle and then i realized that my right calf and my right side of the body was actually you know quite diminished and um you know faded away a little bit so i at that time i was sort of my my sensation in my toes and my feet wasn't quite right and i mm. thought what is going on? So, and I wasn't sure if it was related from my back, which I also have issues with. So, and you know, I've, and probably <laughs> my partner who's sitting not far away from me, she could probably uh, vouch for this, but I tend to put a lot of things, you know, I sweep things under the carpet and I right. hope that they will get better. And because at yeah. the time it was still fairly minor, I just thought that with time, these things will improve. And it's yeah. all this holistic sort of approach where, if I can just get my back right, my ankle right, things will sort of get back to normal. I had a few stresses in my life at the time as well. So I thought mm. I maybe overall it's just, just, you know, coming out in this way. But um, it's it's just, a, it's probably the lesson for everyone as, as athletes. We're not kind of um, taught to to listen to our body on that mm. level. You know, mm. we sort of, the first little bit of discomfort we push through. But if anything, if we can you know, a little be more diligent in listening to our body and to this, any signs and um, we can learn from that. And I think addressing things, especially when it comes um, to nerves, you know, nerves don't mm. regenerate very well. Um, they take a millimeter a day. So, you know, let's say there is a meter from my spine to my toes, that's going to take a thousand days for that bit of, bit of fiber to regenerate. So 
um, it's it's a long process. So I think the sooner anyone can jump on any sort of injury or um, so it, it is against what we've been taught for so many years, you know. So mm, I uh, mm. yeah, I encourage any any athlete out there to take things seriously. And I guess it's not always jumping at shadows, but it's sort of um, being aware of of your body mm. and any mm. major change. Yeah. Yeah. Tell tell me this: is there is this a hundred percent hereditary, or is this is is some of this how hard you pushed your body during those years of of work? Is is there, or is it a combination of the two? Well, luckily, I, my dad's off the hook. He did some the DNA tests, and it's not hereditary. <laughs> so I, okay. I, I I needed someone to blame, but he's, he's <laughs> he got away with it. But uh, yeah, look, it's um, it's not hereditary. So we're um, uh, it's it's something that. Yeah, autoimmune disorders are really rare. Um, there's, I think this one is about, there's about 80 different types of autoimmune disorders. And, you know, this one's about one in 150,000 people within those, within that group. So it's even, mm. it's even rarer. So um, I think what happens is it, they can, they're probably like dormant in your body for quite some time. And then mm. when your body gets to a stage of weakness, it, it definitely clicks into this, uh, yeah, it finds the weakest weakest spot. And um, and because I was carrying all these different things ready, um, it sort of, uh, you know, went where it, where it felt it needed to go. So, yeah, it's, it's very unpredictable. They don't have a, a cure as such at the moment. They have treatments to either um, slow the progress down. Um, they have, you know, there's plasma exchange, there's steroid therapy, there is... Um, there's a bunch of, there's even the type of chemo that you can do. Um, and I'm doing a thing called IVIG, which is interglobin, inter, which is a, basically another blood sort of therapy as well. But um, mm. yeah, so there is nothing out there that's, you know, as a proven treatment at this stage. But um, hopefully that's, you know, with this conversation and hopefully another one, I'm attending a symposium for CIDP and GBS, which is a very similar disorder in Florida. Um, at the start of October, and hopefully, you know, um, I'm going to try and find some new sort of uh, treatment that might have worked for someone else, and I can give it a go. Man, you said something a little scary earlier on. You said it starts at the feet or the hands, and it's kind of started with your feet. Does that does that mean it's going to progress upwards? And are you um, are you fearful of that? Oh, absolutely, mate. I, I look, I at the moment it's sort of just at my knees and. And on one side, it sort of reached my quad a little bit where my left quad started to fade. Um, so, yeah, I think it, there's definitely an element of fear in this because it's the fear of the unknown, which we're always scared of, you know. So um, there is 30% of, of patients end up in a wheelchair um, just to get around. So that's in the back of my mind, you know, and I need to – I'm trying to obviously – this from a from a lifestyle point of view to it's taken me a while where I was probably not doing myself any favors and trying to suppress a lot of emotions and thoughts and rather mm. than being positive and doing positive things for my body while I could and and um, yeah so I feel like I've turned the corner and trying to <laughs> stay positive a little bit and, and and move in the right direction but yeah that's definitely mate it's probably the biggest fear of mine. We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Biney of Biney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs 
through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available, so go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney, B-E-I-N-E, wellnessbuilding.net. Swim Angelfish. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only Alpha Pool Product Scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. I don't, I don't want to go down that route of like, <laughs> what, what's the worst thing that could happen, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, it's no, not the way you want to think, is it? No. You know? but look, it's, I have to be realistic and it's, that, it's the griefing process of this whole last you know year or so it's been um that i had to accept that there might be this uh, outcome but you know i still have some control over you know what i do on a daily basis and my nutrition and you know those sort of things and um, my mm -hmm. rest and all those basic sort of day-to-day -day functions that i can still do some positive things to affect the outcome so i'm trying to be you know, stay on that positive track. And look, on a, on a bright note, I can, the thing that gives me so much joy at the moment is I can actually still jump in the pool and have a bit of float around. And my, mm. uh, I feel that it's, I don't, my kick isn't, isn't any good at the moment, but I can, <laughs> I was always pretty good at pulling. So I, I whack the pool boy in and, uh, and yeah, punch out a couple of K and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, the pool is still my happy place at the moment. Mm, yeah, well, that's always good. Um, have that to fall back on. You need that. Are there any so-called experts in in the field of this? Like, and and where are they positioned? Where where do they live? Look, I think there there is there's the Mayo Clinic, which is obviously very well known in the US, which has a lot of um, experts in this area. But from a neurological point of view, there's you know there's a lot of a lot of experts, and I'm very fortunate to have been working with a we're probably the leading neurologist in, in Australia called Judith Spears. And she's, mm. um, you know, one of the, one of the few that's been on top of this kind of disorder. So, um, but yeah, it's, it ends up being quite individual. So it's not necessarily, mm. um, you know, it's what the underlying conditions you might have and previous issues. And so um, it's, it's fairly straightforward in terms of the anatomy and, and the symptoms, but it's, um, you know, every every patient has a different kind of um, journey through this, which is um, which is half the battle, I guess. It's no cookie cutter solution. Yeah. Okay. And so, what are the what are the daily, you know, treatments or, or, or progressions that you need to go through? Like from the moment you wake up, what what are you doing for this? Yeah, I generally wake up fairly stiff and sore. So I've got a degenerative spine, which I think is also being affected from the autoimmune stuff so um mo mobility so movement is medicine for me mm -hmm. so i try and 
you know, now I, I wake up and I do a meditation. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I try and get myself off to a, a good start in the day and um, say a quick prayer <laughs> to, uh, to the higher power, whatever that might be to you. Um, and then um, I, I try and be act active within in, in the first few hours of the day because it sort of sets me up for for um for the afternoon if i don't I, I find that i get pretty pretty stiff and sore and tired very quickly so um generally i i do weights still do weights sort of three times a week and then i swim all, all alternative days and do a bunch of activation exercises for my posterior chain so anything from my from my glutes to hamstrings calves lower back um connection uh, kind of exercises so sort of mat work that I do. So I end up doing it in the, for my warm up in the gym and also on those alternative days, I would do that before swimming or just at home. So it doesn't, and it, the funny thing is I can't tend to over, I can't overdo it because if I overdo it, I sort of fall in the heap. So it's really important mm. that I do just enough to feel good, but not too much to uh, um, to get in the hold. So yeah, it's, um, it's quite interesting that it's, you know, constant movement and the joint lubrication and everything helps. Um, and then, yeah, just listening to my body. And when it's, when I get any sort of neural signs of fatigue, I sort of, uh, you know, take a rest and not, not overdo it. Yeah. I, I don't know if everybody knows this in, in terms of my audience, but you, you've been obviously a very successful businessman as well. I mean, you've, um, you've got, you've had swim schools, you've had, um, skincare lines, and, and, and which has done, you know, phenomenally well internationally. As, and, and so in terms of where you are right now, you know, in, in terms of your finances and things like that, how are you able to, to, to live and manage yourself with, with what's going on with, um, you know, your health? Look, it's definitely put a stress on, on, on our finances and, and, and security because it does you know, there's a level of investment for me. I fly back to Australia for treatment um, with with my doctors. So, and I step back from my role at Milk and Co because of just the demand it had on me physically, flying back mm. and forth as well, and the stress as well. Um, and I wasn't. I mean, I was very hands on and doing it sales and marketing. So, uh, unless I could sort of give myself a hundred percent, I just didn't want to do it. And there was. Um, yeah, so there was definitely those couple, um, you know, things that, that I've been doing for the last 13 years have pulled back a lot. And with that is also a, a level of income. Um, I've sort of put my focus towards this, the swim academy here in Bali. And we're sort of looking at, we, as you know, we run a bunch of camps and clinics mm -hmm. and, um, I did a little bit of consultancy for, you know, swimming programs around Australia, but, uh, yeah, so I sort of simplified my lifestyle just from that point of view, you know, like it's, uh, I could very easily, you know, I did, used to do 20 return trips to Australia a year, just mm. so I could, you know, for work and whatever it might be. But now it's, it's just physically, uh, physically actually impossible. Um, mm. You know, myself getting around is not as simple. So yeah, it's been quite, it's been quite stressful. Um, you know, and unfortunately there hasn't, you know, unless you have a very good sort of insurance policy, which mine unfortunately didn't cover this, this disorder, um, everything is self-funded. So it's, um, mm. yeah, it's put a fair bit of stress on, on, on everybody, I think. And I've had great support obviously from the family, but it's, uh, yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. 
Oh man, I don't, I don't even know where to go next. You know, I'm just, I'm just I'm like, <laughs> talk about something fun. the new world record in 100 free. Let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about that. I just talked to Pop Off today. You know what? Um, you, you're asleep. Uh, you're in bed when I talked to Pop Off today. I don't know when this podcast is going to go out, but um, Pop Off and I spoke and yeah. I was thinking of like just calling you up and getting you the hell out of bed so we, <laughs> you and you and Pop Off could kind of reminisce. Um, the hundred free world record. I mean, Popov Popov couldn't wrap his head around somebody going forty six, uh, let alone a seventeen year old. What do, What do you think on that? Wow, like you know, looking at the looking at his swim, you go, oh yeah, it's possible now that I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's almost like he. Uh, what I liked is you know. Just he looks so much higher in the water that he did previously. So it almost like it had this, you know, obviously there was no real pressure and he, um, and that's this confidence that he's had over the last sort of, um, or he's built over the last year or so. It's just got bigger and bigger. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't look at his physique because he's very, you know, he's very technical. That, um, that front on shot that you, sh you, sh you showed on your, on your um, Instagram page mm. of his warm up, you can mm. see, his, you know, his angle from elbow to elbow. It's, you know, he gets great rotation, um, you know, amazing travel for stroke. So, mm. um, and it's, and it's, an, and it's a natural, still a little bit lopy, but he's, um, you know, he's kind of does swim a little bit like, like Alex used to do. So, yeah, um, there you go. See, like I tried to, I tried to loop Alex into that. I was trying to, I was trying to get Alex <laughs> to say, Hey, he swims like you and he wouldn't, he wouldn't buy it. But I'm like, I see it, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, what he's got an advantage of, he's a lighter frame. Alex was still a big bloke. Mm. He was, six mm. foot, you know, Alex six foot eight and 190 mm. odd kilos. And um, I don't know, David's probably, I'm not sure how heavy he is, but he's probably in the seventies or low eighties. So um, yeah, so he's got that, that advantage of massive reach. So, and also I think he, the way he's swimming it, I mean, there's obviously, um, you know, he understands that going out fast is a necessity. You can't just do it in the back end, which I think, you know, I think that's the difference. Even when I swam and, and Alex broke the water record and, um, and even Peter to a degree, because, you know, the guys are going out over half a second faster in the front mm. end and then bringing it and bringing it back in the same pace. So I think that's where that's, you know, the start we saw Dressel and, and in, you know, even Kyle to a degree, um, you know, they, they've taken this event because of their skills to that next level. They're coming off that wall with a bit more momentum that, you know, we're used to. So, um, yeah, it's great to see. And it's, um, something that, uh, yeah, I'm very interested to, to see if he's going to um, stand up to the pressure with, with Caleb and, and Kyle next to him um, at, a, at a biggest bigger event. But, um, yeah, I think uh, what an achievement. Huh? Mate, you know what it's like. Like, look, we've all had the ability to push the front end. You know, I've gone out in 22-7. So it's not like, you know, that there's anything, um, you know, magical about what he's doing on the front end. But, mate, he's coming back in 24 flat. Like, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't come back in 25 flat. And, and I know yeah. that you were, you were pushing just under 25s, but I'm like, yeah. this kid's coming back in 24 flat. Like he's, he's that what he's doing on the back end is something like completely out of this world. Like, yeah. so, yeah. so I, I can't explain it. Yeah. So even when we try and do max fifties, you know, like training and you push 
you push 24s on a good day, you know, mm. and he's, mm. he's doing that from a turn into a 50 going 24 row. Yeah. It's just phenomenal. So I think he's just that he's got that ability to carry that momentum, which we've seen that obviously him taking in into the 200 as well. So mm. technically he's, you know, pretty very sound in terms of just not losing that when he's fatigued, he can maintain that speed, which, um, and you can see that through his, he doesn't shorten up too much. He keeps his relaxation and, um, yeah, his length is, is, is phenomenal. So yeah, it's, that's, yeah. that's, I don't know what 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 did Alex say about going forty five because I didn't, I didn't get too well. <laughs> Alex just did the math on it. He's like, oh, hang on, let me let me do the math. He's like, okay, twenty two two and uh, back in twenty three seven. Yeah, yeah, you could do it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. I mean, even Alex said that the pain that you feel on that second fifty is is. Uh, inexplainable you know what i mean like it, only people that have been at that pace who know what that feels like like i was at i was at the world record pace at 75 and it was like somebody shot me with a shotgun and <laughs> and and i literally stopped dead like because the pain just set in and i couldn't i couldn't sustain it this kid is getting to the 75 at the same pace and just kicking on like just like yeah. nothing like it's just going and and yeah. um that that's unheard of you know guys like you you've you've held the world record alex has held the world record you know people are like oh alex alex is still living in the 1990s no he's not like alex is the greatest of all time and so it's like this guy knows what it feels like to be at the 75 and try and finish a race yeah. this kid's doing something completely different and he's 17 years old it's just i think yeah. i don't know i just can't explain yeah. it well it's almost like the the advantage that david's got is that he's doesn't have to emulate anybody like he's gone this at the age of 17 because it's like you know Gennady was the thing that he used to preach to us is that it's a time uh, or a you know record is just a mental barrier it's not mm -hmm. really a mm. you know it's that's what someone else has gone but that doesn't mean that's your limit so mm. uh, and we always that's why sometimes people said this when they said you know the 50 second barrier was took so long to break because people you know they the more you talk about it that it becomes a mental barrier <laughs> mm, so yeah. i think that because he's kind of still pretty fresh and he's not afraid of it and he's got nothing to lose um you know and i think and he's swimming instinctively without having to over he's not you know i was bad at overthinking it and trying to like when the pain kicked in as you said like i try to stay in control stay in control but it, you know, you're shortening up by a centimeter or two and mm. you're going backwards. But I think if, you, if he's just swimming instinctively into the wall um, and just embracing that pain, then <laughs> then I don't know if anyone can go, it's going to stop him. The only way maybe just put so much pressure on him early, but I can't see Caleb even coming back in 24-hour walk. No. Kyle, definitely mm. Kyle could, um, but mm. uh, yeah, so interesting <laughs> look man you're you're one of those rare swimmers that could swim the 50 up to the 200 you were number one in the world in the 200 for for a while there so it's like you you know what a 200 feels like too so what is he doing in the 200 that separates him because he he i mean he just went 142 i mean it's ridiculous <laughs> to think how how quick that is 142.9 but like you you've yeah. felt that pain in the 200 too so yeah. where is it that you can push and then you have to hold and maintain and then and and close right yeah 
So I think that, well, first of all, I think that he's got this ability now that he's training for the 200, doing all his kind of like his background stuff, he's doing his threshold work. And then, you know, a fair bit, I used to do majority of my pace work in 200 pace and then mm. occasionally drop to 100 pace work because it, it was fairly taxing. So I didn't overdo mm. it on the 100 stuff. So he can, he can still continue to get fitter and, and faster by doing more stuff in that 200 zone and then mm. just drop in those sort of pace sets for 100 whenever he needs to. But I think for me, I found that it was, I used to break down my uh, 200 into, you know, and every 50 pretty much. So the first one was was getting my, um, or diving in and obviously I was used to try and get my breathing into into a good rhythm in that first 50 so but attacking that first wall was um you know because a lot of people sort of tend to slow down on that first turn so I I tried to sort of always accelerate in and out of that first wall and then getting into my breathing every four pattern on that second mm. 50 um and then again it's the visualizing of coming off every wall a bit faster than you came off the last one mm. um the third 50 again um it's the 50 where there's a lot of movement in the 200 you can see especially on that on that 625 mm. so um so visualizing internally even though it doesn't necessarily happen building that third 50 um and then not spinning your wheels off the off the turn because you need to save it for the last 20 meters which i wasn't great at doing and finishing off my races necessarily but um i tried to sort of emulate that and that's so you know, finding that easy speed rolling into every turn and accelerating up those walls and then building, building that third 50. And, and for me, it was just maintaining rhythm. It was all about the rhythm and this, uh, length of stroke and mm. coming right into the wall. Yeah. Mate, I was part of teams where I was really good and then there was a level above me and then there was a level above that, right? Like there's the... There's the Ian Thorpes that you and I swam with, and 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 maybe maybe Grant Hackett, Ian Thorpe. That was that was kind of like the category of of like yeah. freaks. Freaks, yeah. And then <laughs> and then there was like you just below that, and then yeah. there was like me way below that. You know, so it was like there's different levels. But like, you know, when you talk about this kid, you don't want to you don't want to just put it down to talent, right? Like you don't you don't want to just say that that's not right because he's working yeah. hard. He's um. He's gifted mentally, like in terms of the way he's thinking, the way he's being coached. There's a lot of good things happening. But in terms of just raw talent, I mean, this is something pretty unique, right? Mm. Yeah, look, at, and even the raw talent, it, it, I could see it in that first interview you did before with him before Tokyo when he went 47-3, that he, mm. he's, you know, he's very measured already. Like, mm -hmm the the attention and the social media and everything didn't get to his head so he was fairly um i think that's the youth these days they're fairly mm. sure of themselves which is great i think in sport it, again if you use it correctly mm. um and you know well spoken seemed obviously very fluent in english you know seems very well educated so he's you know so from a sporting intellect i think he's much more mature than you know a 17 year old very very much like Thorpey was, you know, he mm -hmm. was, Thorpey was probably one of the smartest swimmers I've ever seen because he mm -hmm. was, he was able to process everything internally so well. And, 
you know, he used to have his coach as a facilitator, not really tell him what to do, either, even at the age of 15. So mm. I think that's what, if you can take this raw talent, like physical talent, mental strength, you know, every, the, the, the knowledge of the sport and then put it all together. I think that's mm. when you get people like the, the you know, the, the Davids and Thorpeys and Hackies and Phelpses. Destro Swim Towers. Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, at checkout. Destromachines.com Vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. Vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few Vasa trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool. Go to vasatrainer.com, use code BREAD at checkout and get 10% off anything from Vasa. Um, a couple of questions on that then. So a lot of people always ask me about Thorpey and, and you know, you had a very close, intimate relationship with him, traveling the world with him. And, and seeing that level of talent, you just kind of talked about that a little bit. Is, what is it? What is it about someone like that? Uh, what is it? What is? What was it specifically about Thorpey that made him unique? That that you saw separated him from everybody else? I think definitely his mental toughness. Um, he could not only so you use that in 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 training so he could endure things that you know i've seen him do 3k for time that would you know he was holding double o's or something like that but you know just things that he would put himself in those in that hurt locker and he would just be able to work on his stroke and just groove technique and he he knew exactly and he started doing things a little bit different even back in i remember in 2004 you know, just before he, he won the race of the century, he started doing a bunch of yoga and meditation. And, and we're like, what what are you doing? Like, none, no swimmers were doing that back then, you know? Mm. And mm. Now, every, now, 20 years later, everyone's jumping on that. So he had a foresight. He knew, obviously, knowing your capability and then applying it to your training and mm. getting, the most of, getting the most out of yourself is a talent, I think. So I think mm. in Thorpey, no, he had. He also had great sporting intellect, and he was able to work with you know the the attributes that he had. I mean, it's one thing having big feet, but having the quads to drive it—that's the other thing. And he mm. was able to, you know, to do incredible kick sets. And he, you know, he and you, I think he knew his his body better than than anyone else did. So um, yeah, so those two things, I think, um, just and same with Alex. You know, I. I when I first went to Canberra, um, I was obviously trying to study Alex, what he's doing and mm. what makes him different to others. And I think, you know, Alex could, he knew when to pull back when his body wasn't quite right. He knew when he had to go hard. And, um, you know, he, I think they, they just know themselves in, in, instinctively almost, you know. So mm. it's, uh, that's the difference, I think. Yeah. There's also one other thing I think that that's really important to talk about here. I've sat with, we sat with you and I sat with Ian right before that race of the century. I remember that we were we were we were in a kind of a circle with him about ten minutes before that race in in Athens. Yeah, and he was very composed. 
And yeah. I remember being in many ready rooms. Uh, they call them the, the, um, you know, the, the, where, where, you know, the marshalling area, you know, I remember being in many, you know, ready rooms with Alex Popoff and he was composed. And yeah. I, I remember I was talking to David Popovich the other day and he said, you know, I got nervous. He's like, everybody gets nervous, but he's like, I looked at my competitors and I said, I feel scared, but he's like, they feel more scared of me than I feel of them. You know, yeah. like that was his mentality. And yeah. I think that's that's kind of what I saw in kind of a Popov or a or a Thorpe is like, yes, I feel nervous. Yes, I understand the magnitude of the situation, but I'm able to control it more so than my competitors. My competitors are feeling it more than I'm feeling yeah. it. Yeah. Is that is that right? Oh, absolutely. And you know what actually makes it double it doubly worse for the um for the competitors in the event when you look relaxed and joking and it doesn't seem to affect you and alex was always the larrikin in the in the call room and mm. uh, even ian would make jokes and things like he, he didn't care or if it was you know this mm. was he was about to walk out to olympic final and he'd be cracking jokes so and that mm. puts off everybody else quite a bit because mm. how come this guy's not nervous you know mm. about to do the race of the century and it's He's not faced by it, so that that's another. <laughs> mm. That's so yeah, I, I, absolutely. But even like the, I remember, um, you know, Peter Van den Hugen Band, another freestyler again, was very composed. A little, probably a little bit more serious, but again, at the um, knew his capabilities and knew that if he swims his best, no one can beat him. So there was, uh, I think, and that that could be taken across the ranks in any sort of um any of those sort of events even look at emma mckeon at the moment she's very composed but relaxed mm. you know, those mm. best it's just and it's you're composed so you don't burn nervous energy which you really definitely need in in that event so um yeah it's uh, it used to be quite funny the more confident alex was the more obnoxious he was in the <laughs> yeah. yeah i've been in a few of those with him <laughs> for sure jody henry was and jody henry wasn't obnoxious but very relaxed very composed yeah. you know exactly. um someone like exactly. that yeah. i'm working on peter man do you know peter uh personally i, I imagine yeah. you, you you and peter Absolutely. go back like <laughs> dude get him on my podcast man i'm trying to get i'm trying to talk to one of the greatest of all time i want him to go down as one of the greatest like i think i think because he hasn't spoken much since you know he's retired in terms yeah. of you know may, maybe in in the english language maybe in dutch he yeah. has but um he hasn't put himself out there like other people so i don't think he gets the credit he deserves that guy absolutely. is absolutely one of the greatest of all time well, it's, let's take, let's go back to the uh, 200 freestyle in Sydney, you know, like mm. what he was able to achieve. Um, mm. And, you know, obviously not only winning the 100 free, but taking down Thorpe in that 200 freestyle where Thorpe was definitely the, the favorite to win that event. And, mm. um, you know, took it to Thorpe, made him rush a little bit um, and, you know, was able to hold him off. So mm. um, we all know the sequel, but he won't, you know, we've <laughs> you won that the one that counts in front of the home crowd mm, yeah and and the first man to break 48 seconds too exactly exactly so he did that 
two days after I broke my world record, or the day after I broke my world record. So. It was the day after. You went, you went 48-1, and everyone's like, oh, that's the greatest swim in history, and this kid just comes out and goes 47-8, yeah, bang. 47-8. <laughs> and made it, look, made it look smooth, too. Yeah, didn't, exactly. didn't take a hard stroke. <laughs> so now yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll help you, man. I'll get him on. Yeah, I need I need Peter. I've been I've been begging him. He keeps avoiding me, but uh, we, the, the world wants his his story, so we're going to yeah. get him out here. Uh, look, he's great. He, he joined the um. We had a show recently in Australia called "This Is Your Life" for Ian Thorpe, and mm. he joined joined in live on satellite from uh, from oh. So um, I'm sure that uh, if the great Red Hawk um, opens mm. his doors, he'll be there. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I didn't get the call up for This Is Your Life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna get him on for sure. But the world wants to hear from Peter. Um yeah, yeah incredible. <laughs> so I don't know. Well that's it, man. Well, I appreciate your time here and um you know, so you listen, you're coming out for the Hall of Fame. You you've just been inducted into the swimming world hall of fame. That's pretty pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, no, thanks, mate. I was, yeah, inducted last year, but due to COVID, the mm -hmm. internationals weren't able to attend. So this year I'm going to try and make it. Uh, oh, I'm definitely going to make it. I, I really want to go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so there's also a symposium for CIDP around the corner. So I'll be uh, coming over for those two things. So hopefully we can catch up. But, um, but if anyone wants more details on, you know, my journey or even the, disorder itself i've got some um information on my website on michaelclin.com so um yeah look it up if you're if you're keen to find out more info yeah absolutely we'll do that do, does it mean something to you to be named in the international swimming hall of fame like I, I imagine it would like to be regarded as one of the greatest swimmers in history is is pretty cool right yeah like to be honest i sort of don't feel like i necessarily deserve it because you know i, I fell short in, the, in a couple areas in my swimming and i'm certainly like you said i'm not at the level say of the the hackers and the thorps and um but um i think i'm i feel that i throughout my career like as we spoke about earlier i had a very uh, you know a very identified kind of purpose and it was always mm. like i physically i'm not you know i'm six foot three and you know i'm not and average height and weight and everything so i think through hard work you know i was able to get probably the most out of my my body physically and mentally so um i think it's it's probably an example for anyone out there that you know through hard work and 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 probably i was i tried to really um, study the sport and you remember as well that i, I was mad on on documenting every session and and mm. learning from mistakes i used to do in training and applying that so you can certainly, um, I try to educate myself every single day. So that was, uh, so I feel, yeah, um, I probably achieved, you know, what I could have. And um, it's great that, you know, that I'm being recognized. I'm really, uh, really honored and humbled. So absolutely, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I was, I was very fair there where I, where I was saying there's levels between Thorpey and Hacky and you. Um, look. No, no, you are fair, mate. There is. There is. <laughs> Well, look, look, Ian Thorpe is, is without a doubt um, the greatest swimmer in Australia's history that, that we've had to do. We, we didn't have Phelps, you know, so Phelps is, Phelps is part of the U.S. history. Um, yeah, yeah. But we, had, we had Thorpey, who is just a, a, the freak of freaks and, and, and earned everything that 
he got. But um, if there are levels, you're uh, a half a half just, notch. He just at his feet, mate. So that's probably that's my <laughs> yeah, level. yeah, exactly. You're at his feet. So there we go. Um, all right, mate. I appreciate this. Right. Good catching you up with you again, hey. See you soon. Okay, buddy. Anyway, Thank you. Take care. Bye. <laughs>